Hello everyone, Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on this afternoon. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, next installment here, it's a continuation of my uh, college football breakdown series. Continuing to break down all 133 FBS college football programs. And in this installment, I will be continuing with the Purdue Boilermakers, who last season went 8-6, and 6-3 six, six and three in the Big Ten. Uh, won the Big Ten West uh, to advance to the Big Ten title game. Had a pretty decent showing against Michigan, as good as, as the, could be expected, I, I would say. Um, but n- moving on to a new coaching staff and a, and a new regime under under the uh, leadership of, of uh, Ryan Walters, who has recently been the defensive coordinator at Illinois and before that Missouri. Uh, Coach Walters has led... Um, some of the best defenses, or especially last year, arguably the best defense in the country. Uh, Illinois had the top scoring defense in the country. They were top uh, three in yards allowed. Um, just an unbelievable group. <clears throat> so Purdue should naturally take a step up on the defensive side of the ball, which under uh, former head coach Brian Brom, obviously they were more of an offensive-oriented team. Um, so Really, really intriguing to see this moving forward. Um, Coach Walters does inherit a group that uh, may, probably seems a, a little bit better off <clears throat> in uh, in terms of being able to win right away, potentially, than a lot of the other new coaches at the college football level this season. Um, but Purdue has an extremely difficult schedule, and uh, I'll get into that momentarily. But uh, first, jumping into the breakdown, uh, the Purdue Boilermakers play at Ross-Ade Stadium. I had the privilege of attending a game at Ross-Ade last season. The opener against Penn State Thursday night, uh, that was just a beautiful atmosphere. It was a beautiful night, first of all, for football. But I sat right basically in the end zone. An an unbelievable atmosphere. It was fantastic. The student section was amazing. I absolutely loved my time at Ross-Ade Stadium, and I would – recommend it to anybody um i'm a college football stadium traveler myself so i go throughout the country to different venues that's one of my goals but just put it on your bucket list it's an absolutely amazing place to uh to to see a game just an absolutely like i said just just an amazing amazing place and 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 i know this off season they've been doing renovations on it so it's going to look a little different um moving forward but right now seats 57,236 fans and they were and every seat was full when i was there when they played penn state again just a great atmosphere i, I love my time at ross Aid stadium um just <clears throat> the boilermakers are our first class fans and just a like i said an amazing place to watch a game Moving on now with a coach on the rise within the program, and I'm going to go with offensive coordinator Graham Harrell. I think it's only a matter of time before Coach Harrell uh, becomes a head coach at the college football level. Um, he's a obviously an innovative offensive mind in the air raid. He's he's worked closely with the late Mike Leach, Dana Holgerson, Clay Helton. He arrives um, in West Lafayette. Uh, this year after being at West Virginia where the Mountaineers averaged nearly 31 points per game, roughly 228 passing yards per game, 172 rushing yards per game. So really, really balanced offense. I mean, when you think of the air raid, you're just thinking 
chucking it down the field, but they did a tremendous job being very balanced. And I think with with the roster that Purdue has here, um, set, could set up really, really well for um, that balance. And I'll get into that momentarily. Um, Harold joined West Virginia following three seasons at USC. Um, had coached some amazing players on the offensive side at USC. Um, receiver Drake London was Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year, and it was an All-American all while he was there. Uh, just, again, Amon Ross St. Brown, many many different quarterbacks. You can go down the, down the line. Keaton Slovis probably had his best year under Graham Harrell and just uh, – or best years, I could, I should say, uh, just, just a really good um, job that he did there. Prior to his three years at USC, he uh, produced back-to-back top 25 offenses as the offensive coordinator at North Texas. Um, did an amazing job there um, with with what he was given. Um, he came to North Texas from Washington State, where he served under head coach Mike Leach, coaching uh, outside wide receivers. And then I, 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 you, you can't mention Graham Harrell without mentioning his historic career as a quarterback at Texas Tech. Uh, he finished his career with an NCAA record 134 touchdown passes, second most career yards with 15,793 yards, third highest career passing average at 351 yards per game, uh, set NCAA marks for pass completion average at 31.2, as well as well as 400-yard passing games with 20 um games with gaining 400 plus total yards he had 21 seasons gaining 4,000 plus total yards he had three his career average of 486.3 passing yards against Texas is an NCAA record against one opponent um, you can just go down the line uh, just just an unbelievable career he was the first player with a pair of thigh 5,000 yards passing seasons um 2006, he threw for 4,555 yards. 2007, he threw for, he had 5,705. And then 2008, 5,111. Just, and then in 2008, he was an All-American first-teamer, fourth in the Heisman voting, uh, won the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, finalist for the Walter Camp, Davey O'Brien Awards, and, and, and going down the line. I mean, just... Unbelievable career. Uh, in his final season, he threw for, again, 5,111 passing yards, which led the nation, threw for 45 touchdowns, only nine interceptions, completed 70.6% of his passes. Texas Tech went 11-2, and including a victory over number one Texas, and played in the 2008 Cotton Bowl. I think we all remember that Texas game and just uh, – the play by Michael Crabtree and the, just the amazing plays there. Um, Harold played in the CFL in 2009. Um, he played three seasons with the Green Bay Packers, including he was on the 2010 Super Bowl championship team, brief stint with the New York Jets. Then, of course, um, has gone has gone into coaching. Um, has a family history with the, with bro, with his brother playing and, and down the line. I mean that the Harrell family is famous in Texas when it comes to football. Uh, he's in the Texas Tech Hall of Fame. Uh, you name it, he's done it as a football coach and and at more more importantly as a player. He has he was obviously one of the best players in college football uh, while he was there. Um, 
moving to Purdue, um, looking to uh, at the 2023 schedule. They open up against Fresno State, a tough battle to open the season. Then they go to Virginia Tech and host Syracuse. That Syracuse game has already been listed as primetime NBC. So an extremely difficult non-conference schedule, playing two uh, Power 5 ACC programs, one of them going to Blacksburg and playing at the ever-tough Lane Stadium. And then playing Fresno State is, is no, no joke either. Uh, just a, a tremendous program coming off of the Mountain West Championship. Yes, they've lost a great deal, or I shouldn't say a great deal, but they've lost some of their marquee talented pieces. But this is a program that tends to reload and not rebuild. Um, the good thing Purdue has going for them, it's an early start, uh, which which uh, a, noon, a noon Eastern start, which for Fresno State is a 9 a.m. start. So uh, good job for, by Purdue making that game super early when it comes to the timing there. So again, a tough non-conference slate, and then they open up. They play Wisconsin on a Friday night, and then they got Illinois at Iowa, Ohio State at Nebraska, at Michigan, Minnesota at Northwestern, and Indiana. I, I just have to point out a four-game stretch uh, in five weeks that includes going to Iowa, hosting Ohio State, going to Nebraska, and to Michigan. Just an absolutely difficult stretch right there. That that's I mean uh, that is. About as hard as it can get in the Big Ten right there. Um, just difficult for sure. So, I mean, Purdue, kudos to you for the schedule that you're playing. But it, it, it is a challenge, that's for sure. Now looking at a position-by-position breakdown now, starting offensively. Uh, the unquestioned leader of the offense should be Texas transfer quarterback Hudson Card. Uh, new offensive coordinator Graham Harrell couldn't have handpicked a better fit for his air raid attack, in my opinion. Uh, Hudson Card has everything you could ever want for an air, air raid quarterback. He's really, really accurate, throws a good deep ball, a good intermediate game as well. He just fits He fits what they're trying to do, and, and I really firmly believe that a change of scenery from Texas is going to be huge for him. I, I think he is going to have an absolutely amazing career at Purdue, and We've seen what Purdue has done in the past when it comes to passing yardage just under Coach Brom with some of the eye-popping statistics that they had, and I could see it continuing under Coach Harrell. Um, but the running back position is in great hands uh, with former walk-on Devin Mockaby. Uh, Mockaby set a freshman program record uh, by running for 968 yards and nine touchdowns last season. He, he just missed being Purdue's first 1,000-yard rusher since 2008, I think it, it's only a matter of time. I think this year he, he gets to that mark. Maccabee is a very, very physical, tough runner. Um, just He's fantastic. Um, Tyrone Tracy moves from wide receiver to provide some speed and a pass-catching threat out of the backfield. I think that's a really, really key piece to watch, especially in, the, in this new offense. Hudson Card, I believe, is really going to utilize Tracy a ton out of the backfield, throwing him the football. Uh, the receiving core... Uh, lost two stars to the NFL, wide receiver Charlie Jones and tight end Payne Durham. Uh, they do re The return of wide receiver TJ Sheffield and tight end Garrett Miller, who's returning from an injury uh, season, uh, it was out all year last year, is big. Uh, Miller at tight end has a, has a potential for an NFL future. And then wide receivers uh, Marshawn Rice and Deion Burks 
have some experience. Um, they, they had a couple transfers coming in that have since uh, decided to go elsewhere. So it may seem in, in on paper that the receiving core is a bit thin, uh, especially with the losses that they've had. But I think with the quarterback play that they're going to have, they will be just fine. I think these players will step up and, and make plays. Uh, the offensive line returns three starters and left tackle, Muhammad A. Musa, uh, right guard Marcus Mabo, and uh, center Gus Hartwig. And then the additions of Jalen Grant from Bowling Green and Luke Griffin from Missouri help. Uh, but depth is still a concern for this unit. The starting unit should be just fine. Uh, just the, the back end um, is a bit inexperienced. So uh, now shifting to the defense. Uh, the defense will shift to a 3-4 and will utilize multiple defensive linemen in different ways. Uh, notes tackle Cole Brevard will anchor the group while Joe Anderson has experience on the outside. Uh, the additions of Isaac Nichols from Arkansas, Malik Langham from Vanderbilt, and Jeffrey Umba from Auburn are, are needed um, as, as a lot was lost from the, from the defensive line. Uh, the linebacking core is probably the strength of the team, arguably. It's loaded with talent. Uh, Kedron Jenkins and Keandre Snyder could be hybrid rush ends, get to the quarterback really well. OC Brothers is the most athletic of the group as an inside linebacker. And then Nick Carraway had a, had a whale of a spring and must be utilized in, in the system. I, I think he's going to do some amazing things. He looked great in spring ball. Um, the secondary has a solid foundation with uh, starters at safety, uh, Cam Allen and Sonose Kane returning. And then cornerback Jamari Brown has some experience as well. Uh, the additions of cornerback Markavius Brown and Braxton Myers from Old Miss, and then Marquise Wilson from Penn State, and Salim Turner Muhammad from Stanford, along with safety Anthony Brown from Arkansas are massive. They definitely needed those additions there. Uh, Salim Turner Muhammad from Stanford should step in right away and start um, right away. Um, looking at special teams now, the punting job clearly belongs to Jack Ansell, and kicking um, should should belong to Ben Freehill, who has a, who has seen time as a kickoff specialist. So um, a new shift in his position there. Final analysis now. This is my opinion on the Purdue Boilermakers. Purdue went to the portal for key additions across the board. Uh, new head coach Ryan Walters should bring a much improved defense to the table. Um, like I said, the, the, the key additions that they made via the portal, such as Hudson Carter quarterback, some help on the offensive line, getting some help on the defensive line and in the secondary. They did a really good job utilizing that. But I continue to look at that schedule. It's arguably the toughest in the Big Ten. And I, I, I don't even say I don't even know if I should say arguably. I think it's very apparent that it is the toughest in the Big Ten. And it will be a, a challenge from the jump. Having to play Fresno State week one, yes, Fresno State loses Jake Hayner and some other amazing players offensively. But they still uh, have done an amazing job getting uh, uh, the transfer quarterback from UCF. You know Fresno State's going to have talent and be ready to go. But then those following weeks, going to Virginia Tech and hosting Syracuse, are no joke. And uh, make it. And then you got to jump right into Big Ten play. So I mean, this this is this is going to be a, a a uphill battle. Um, like I said, though, I think this is a team that could surprise some people. Um, because of what they do have coming back 
and and I, I, I am a fan of Hudson Card in this system with Graham Harrell. I think it's a perfect match. I'm just really, really intrigued to see how they handle that schedule, especially at the beginning. If they're able to navigate that non-conference schedule well, I think things could set up really, really well for them moving forward. Um, just time will tell, and we'll see we'll see what happens with the Boilermakers this year. So appreciate you tuning in and listening. Hope you enjoyed this breakdown. It's one of the favorite things that I do every year. I love doing this. Uh, please like, subscribe, or ever listen to the podcast, and then give the podcast Twitter account a follow at TNT College Foot One. Everybody have a good day. God bless.